SBS live streams and podcasts are supported by advertising. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where this podcast episode was produced. We pay our respects to the Kamaragal people of the Garingai Nation and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge the traditional owners from all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands you are listening from today. Just a heads up that we're talking about some heavy topics in this episode, including bullying and domestic violence. My guest's name and voice have been changed to protect their safety and privacy. I'm not good enough for this society. I'm not good enough for working. I'm not good enough to be a teacher. I don't know where I'm good enough then. This is Sarah, a lecturer in mental health and a domestic violence survivor. 2022 has been a dark year for her. Years of trauma and social pressures led to Sarah breaking down, unable to go back to work and unable to defend herself against the bullying she was facing. From someone who's very vibrant, from someone who is always happy, smiling, being so grateful, four months of being under the constant bully, it made me so miserable. It can ruin someone's life in four months. It does. I'm Ray Johnston, and this is Harmful. People who are bullied don't start as a blank canvas. In this episode, we will explore how factors like our past experiences, upbringing, and cultural context influence what we deem acceptable in how others treat us. We'll hear Sarah's story, how she dealt with ongoing bullying while living with the impacts of past traumas. Sarah says that the bullying started about a year ago, when most employees stopped working from home and went back to working face-to-face in the office. I felt pressure and I was like, okay, maybe it's the pressures because of too much working, adjusting, um, helping a lot of students and... Then I realised that there is uh, more than that because I keep receiving emails from one of my managers that all the time picking on me for something that it's just not that important. It's not life-threatening. It's not something. It's very minor maybe mistakes, even not a mistake, even I haven't done it, but she kept asking me or CC other managers or someone else's to show that I'm not competent or I'm incapable of doing the work. All the time receiving this constant emailing or she started emailing even when it was weekend or I was on my annual leave or one day even she emailed me or called me when I was on sick leave. So if For example, I was on sick leave. I had to, again, hand over to someone else. When I'm sick, I'm sick. But she wanted me to find someone to replace. So it's been constant emailing and asking that this is urgent. You have to do it. Like, no matter what you do, you have to answer that. If you don't answer the email, she kept contacting you on your phone. 
using all these threatening words most of the time. I felt so excluded. I felt so alone. I felt I've been by myself and I had to compare myself over and over again. And I felt like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Actually, it's just it put me in that position that now I've been in mental health sleep for three weeks now. And my psychologist, they asked me to extend my leave. This is what's been happening in the past at least four months. It was last year as well. But this year, it's just it got to that extent that I cannot even open my emails. From someone who's very vibrant, from someone who is always happy, smiling, encouraging other people, like living in the present, being so happy with life, with everything, being so grateful. Four months of being under the constant bully, it makes a person, it made me a person who is miserable, crying, doesn't want to get out of the bed. Around my house is a mess because I don't want to clean. It made me so miserable. I've, I've been very strong in my entire life, and I know that I don't hurt myself, but it keeps coming to my mind. You don't need to suffer this much. That's, that's what it comes to my mind. Sarah felt unable to seek support or file a formal complaint. Her financial burdens meant that she felt trapped. She sort of threatened me, and I would do a lot of volunteering as well. She was like, this is the job that it pays you, your bills. So I think that you have to think how you can manage and don't go to the volunteers so you stay here. So that's why I felt like if I go to the HR, they will get rid of me. And I was scared. Still, I'm scared. And the problem is that There is always an excuse. And now my excuse is that my financial situation until I find another job. Sarah was, and still is, trying to recover from the impacts of a past abusive relationship that lasted for 20 years and exhausted her psychologically and emotionally. I'm a victim of family violence. I was in a toxic abusive relationship for 20 years. And I was bullied by my ex-husband for multiple years. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I came out of that relationship a few years ago and I started working on myself. And I helped myself to get out of that trauma. So since this person at work started doing that, that trauma came back. I was recovered, I was getting my life back together. But this work now, it just again put me through that trauma again. I've worked very hard on myself, not to break down every time that I I was broke, I put my pieces back together. But now, this in the past few months, it's been so difficult. It's been so difficult to to put myself back together because it seems that 
people they are very they become very inconsiderate very unkind and they use the words that it hurts so much even if you work on yourself even if you know even if you are a great teacher or you are a great mother or you are a great woman you are you are who you are still it hurts it hurts a lot that i cannot go back to work i don't know when i would be able to go to back to work according to rand fired who is a counselor family mentor and dispute resolution practitioner mental health trauma is the response to something usually an event that overwhelms your ability to cope. Everyone experiences and responds to trauma in different ways. It can cause feelings of distress, fear, helplessness, and loss of control. Rand says Sarah's trauma could have affected her ability to stand up against workplace bullying. Experience in the past trauma can impact our abilities in responding to workplace bullying or any other like daily events that we may experience on a daily basis. That's because the toxic stress that occurs due to a past trauma impacts our mind and body negatively. That makes the person who experiences trauma act or feel as though if the traumatic event is still occurring. and that impacts literally all aspects of their lives when you experience past trauma it does impact your resilience it does impact your self image it does impact your self worth guilt and shame you know you live in guilt and shame if the person the victim feels like you know it's their fault and when that happens that makes them a good candidate for bullies because bullies you know look for vulnerable people to bully people who are weak in from the point of view who can't defend themselves or stand for themselves that makes a domestic violence victim the perfect person to pick on and you know to bully knowing that they will not be standing for themselves i was thinking that i was recovered but because i've been through a lot of therapies my counselor and psychologist they were they were agreeing that i'm recovered and i'm good now the problem is that you cannot ignore the bullying system like uh, at work the bullying i didn't take the red flags of my manager behavior bullying behavior about a year ago which when i went to another mental health leave for 10 days so how can we know if and when we've recovered from past trauma only you can decide if you healed or not and you will never know if you have fully and completely healed unless you go through similar situations and you don't have the same triggers and feelings and every time something triggers these emotions inside of you that's a sign for you that there is more work to be done it does not disregard the the work that you have done it's a journey it will take time you have benefited from the therapy and the sessions but continue the work don't stop it every time something triggers you it's just an indication that you know there is more to work on 
if you want to work with the same therapist, if you want to change it, if you want to try a different approach, cognitive behavior therapy has been showing some really good results in trauma healing. So I highly encourage people to you know try cognitive behavior therapy. There's so many services and service providers that are willing to help and support and free of charge. So keep working, keep working, don't stop. Aside from her past experience of domestic violence, Sarah sees a connection between her upbringing and her experiences with bullying. I was raised that I don't have to put my voice high. I don't have to shout. I don't have to say no. I just have to always be people pleaser. I have to be always aggrieving people because I, I have to look good for people. Edna Bashkajak is a counsellor and psychologist who worked with adults and children from over 40 ethnic backgrounds in Australia. She explains how upbringing can shape how we respond when targeted by a bully. When we look at the person's upbringing, so what has happened in their family home? So have they been taught the right strategies to stand up or speak up against bullies or speak up against people, essentially be assertive? Um, And I think this is where culture may influence our ability to do so as well because if we have been raised in families where um, speaking up or being assertive was considered rude or was was not favored and or even being punished for it because you know that was wrong to do so then this child's going to learn that being assertive and speaking up or standing up for herself is rude and it's not acceptable and they don't have that strategy they don't have that skill when they are faced with with a difficult situation or stressful situation at school or at work. And what we also know is that research does suggest that children or teens who have been exposed to trauma or violence within their household or even outside their household may be more likely to be bullied later on in their life. And that it can include their adult life in the workplace as well. Sarah also believes that bullying behaviours are normalised in some cultures. I think that bullying in the past few months, it's been a habit. It's for people around you, they think they are entitled to talk about your life, to decide on behalf of you, to tell you how you have to look like, how you have to work. Um, which area you're allowed to work. You're not allowed to have any other things because you're working for us. I'm coming from a cultural background diversity. It is a male dominant in community. So I keep hearing these kind of things from people. Because you are a woman, you are incapable of doing it. Because you are a woman, You don't know what you're doing. You don't have critical thinking. You cannot pay attention to details. You're just good for cooking. These are the constant things that you can hear even in this modern world every day. So that's why when I heard from my manager that I'm not good enough for this society, I'm not good enough for working, I'm not good enough to be a teacher, I don't know where I'm good enough then. Jane Hasler is a lecturer, sociologist 
and a mental health professional. Her work focuses on preventing bullying, suicide, and male violence. She explains why some people might harm others in the workplace, either intentionally or unintentionally. It used to be thought that a lot of uh, people who bullied lacked self-esteem, but they found out in recent research that a lot of people who bully have an inflated sense of ego, they have a fairly high self-esteem, a lot of them, but they just keep wanting to focus on this power and control over others. So they believe that by having power and control over others, that helps lift their esteem amongst other colleagues. Really what happens is a lot of people don't admire that uh, behaviour, but they're fearful also too sometimes of speaking up and going and complaining about that because they feel that then they may be a target from the bully um, themselves. What can drive a person to bully uh, in the workplace is very much, it might be stemming a lot from their own upbringing where they felt a lack of control in their own lives. They may have been traumatised and saw a lot of bullying in their own family, what was happening around them and they saw that it had been accepted behaviour. If we don't deal with this or prevent it from a young age, it can then continue on into the workplace, which can be such a negative, create such a negative environment for those around them and their colleagues. And instead of it being a place of joy to go to or you're enjoying your work, every day people just feel very anxious about turning up in their workplace, about what might happen. It's not easy to open up about these experiences, especially when talking about issues still considered taboo in some communities. Sarah is trying to change this for herself and others who are in a similar situation. Because I think that a lot of women or a lot of people who've been bullied, they don't have a voice or they're ashamed of it. This is a taboo. A woman from the cultural diversity background who has academic job and do a lot of volunteering, then come and talk about the divorce, about the abusive relationship, about the dating. Yeah, these are all taboos. These are all people who have stigmas, stereotype thinking about these things. They don't talk. So that's why I thought that I have to start from somewhere. What we need to do as a society, we need to normalize you know, mental health problems. We need to talk about it more. We need to be really curious, genuinely curious about, you know, how other people are feeling. You know, when I when I see you in the morning and say, how are you? I need to mean it. I need to be so curious to actually know how are you doing. It's not just, you know, figure of speak. It's not just think that we say it mindlessly. If I come to you and I say to you, I'm not feeling okay today, you know, or I'm struggling mentally for, you know, for the past week or two, the normal, you know, reaction should be, you know, support, should be understanding. 
I shouldn't be scared to talk about how I feel. As a society, we need to normalize it. We need to encourage people to talk about their feelings. We need to remove that shame. We need to remove the stigma about, you know, mental health problems. I would like to add that vulnerability is very powerful. Being vulnerable is actually really powerful. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about feeling, you know, sad and weak and angry and and grieve. Being vulnerable does not mean that you're not strong. You can be vulnerable and really strong. Your vulnerability will inspire others to talk about how they're feeling. Your vulnerability will empower others to be vulnerable too and to stand up and to talk about what's hurting them. So how can you and I support one another to heal from our traumas? And what do you do if you are stuck in a similar situation? Rand has some advice. Do not accept what has happened as a fate. Go and, you know, seek help. Try therapy, try counselling. Visit a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Talk to somebody. Try to find the learnings out of your experience. You know, start the journey. Don't wait or ask yourself when I'm going to be healed. It's okay. Enjoy the journey. The healing is a journey and you will need to enjoy it. Just do not bury it. Do not oppress these kind of feelings. Talk about it. Write it. Journal it. Externalize it. And normalize talking about these kind of experiences. Sarah is now still actively searching for a new job and on a new healing journey. She knows there's a lot of work involved in rebuilding her resilience and confidence. She's also asking for greater awareness and understanding of the effects of bullying on victims. Put yourself in in the other person's shoes and think for a moment what bullies can do to someone's life. They might not recover. They might not be strong enough to get back to their life. Just for a moment, think what you say or what you do to them. Do you do this to your loved one? Thanks for listening to this episode of Harmful. If you or someone you know needs mental health support, you can call Lifeline on 131114. Harmful is hosted by me, Ray Johnston. Produced by Maram Ismail. Listen and follow the podcast in the SBS radio app at sbs.com.au forward slash harmful or in your favourite podcast app. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email the team at harmful at sbs.com.au.